September 27th, 2023. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated in memory of Jamila Batsofi by the Mala family and in memory of Shimuel Ben Hana by the Ibani family. We're in Masechet Beta and Daf Kafhe Amud Aleph. If you count from the top of the Amud, we're just uh, going to begin again two lines from the top. Once again, says the Gemara Amar in the middle of the line, Amar Rabba Barav Huna Amar Rav Hasukher Amat Hamayim Me'erev Yom Tov. If a person dammed a, a ditch of water uh, before Yom Tov or a channel of water before Yom Tov, Ulemahar Hishkim, and the next morning, of course, they wake up on Yom Tov, Umasaba Dagim, and you find in it fish. Now, those fish were clearly. Uh, the rabbis are, at the very least, instructing us, have not jumped over the damned wall, and they are, in turn, assumed to have been in that channel from before Yom Tov, which means to say, number one, they're no longer mehusar seda, as we discussed yesterday. It's not real effort to catch them. It's even smaller, perhaps, according to Ra'avad, than a bebar katan, or according to Harambam, it's just simply interpreted as a bebar katan, which might be permitted. Regardless of the details on that, the idea is that since they're in this closed off channel, to trap them is not a large effort, it's not an extenu- uh, extraneous uh, activity, and therefore the fish are A, mizuman, they're considered prepared from beforehand, and not mechusar seda, by extension, you didn't need to do an action to them. Therefore, mutarin, the fish which you find in that channel already, are permitted. That's the summary, Eli. Amar Rav Hasta, says Rav Hasta, reflecting on the words of his rabbi, Rav, who just stated that the channel which is closed off, any fish which were left in it from before Yom Tov are in turn permitted, he says, let me extract from the words of the rabbi a further law. Something similar, but not identical, that I think we can apply, says Rav Hasta. If a wild animal, a non-domesticated animal, was kinena, lekanen means to establish its nest. In other words, with the purpose of giving birth, this wild animal enters into an orchard, a closed-off or somewhat guarded area. Now, the wild animal can just jump over the wall, but in giving birth to this valad, to this child, the child is born into a guarded area. Suggests Rav Hasta in Asiri Chazimun. The halakha would be, he suggests, he understands, identical to the closed-off channel. The same way in the closed-off channel, if there's any fish in it from beforehand, those fish are considered to be mizuman. You don't need to do an action, you don't even need to state words to consider them non-mukseh. So too in this circumstance where the wild animal gives birth in the guarded area, the pardes, that child, that calf, that whatever it is, that that kid which is born in that area is going to be permitted now. Let me just remind us all what the concept of mizuman is. Isn't that what we refer to? No, the, the child. The child. The adult. Correct. The child in not being able to initially jump over is just like the fish, says Rav Hasda, which can't escape, are there from beforehand. Now let me just remind us all of the Mishnah and the Gemara and Daf Yod. You see, over there, without getting into particulars of who said what and the exact coordinates, over there we talked about birds which were found in their nesting area. And the halakha is and was that they need to be mizumanim. There needs to be some preparation with regards to either your mouth, your speech, 
or an actual movement of or moving those birds around in order to designate them as something which I'm going to use on Yom Tov, which in turn would mean that they're not muktzeh. Generally speaking, we assume in order to remove these sorts of animals and stuff from being something that would be mukse, I didn't have my mind on it, to being something that's mizuman, you need to have an action or words. The suggestion over here is, since I built that ditch, no words are necessary, that's the hidush. it's considered mizuman, it's not, no necessary action or words, and in turn, the suggestion of the student, Rav Hastai, is maybe we can apply that as well to when the child is born to the mother in this orchard. That's the jump. The second statement is... Well, I don't know if it's on Yom Tov or not. Well, it'll be dependent upon if the mother was omedet la'achila or not. But assuming it's omedet la'achila, even on Yom Tov, it wouldn't make a difference. That's the, that's the first Gemara. You want to say before Yom Tov? Sure. Before Yom Tov, even if it wasn't omedet la'achila, absolutely. In such a circumstance, a hazmana is not necessary. I like it better. It was no, born so before you. You're right. Why would they even mention it? It was born before you. you it was born the hidush is... The hidush is, even though I haven't done an action to it, it's going to necessitate a small trapping. That trapping isn't a trapping which is considered something which is mehusar seda, which actually needs to be trapped because it's in the closed off area, just like the fish which were there before Yom Tov. Before Yom Tov is fine. Since the baby can't easily escape from that area, the assumption is on your mind entering into the holiday, that baby was a part of your mindset for usage on the, on the holiday. You slaughter it, you eat it. Oh, a baby animal. Baby animal, yeah, yeah. Again, again, either to suggest, as Charlie does, that it was born beforehand, that's fine. Alternatively, it's a betashe noda from a tanegolet ha'omedet la'achila. You can make that type of angle. But the point is, this is considered mizuman. Okay, so born beforehand is identical to the fish case. It's perfect. Let's keep it like that, better like that. The point is, you don't need any hazmana. Yes. Correct. But you haven't done that, and you're not familiar with it. You're back with uh, Jared? You're back with fish run, going through walls? It can't go through the wall. To be elusive. There is apparently the channel is channel is not a pond. It's a channel which is closed off and close close walls one to the other enough that it's easy. It's not a pond. The pond's a bebab. We're suggesting okay, there's no, way out. There's no, way out. no way out, certainly. Says the Gemara. Good question. No, no, good question. It's just yesterday, yesterday I had to deal with Jared on this. Fish going through walls. We finished the class. Mars showed me videos of fish jumping over. The fish are not getting out. Question? Right, so we're going to, it's a wonderful question. Jeffrey's asking about birds. Again, that was our primary example on Daf Yod. The Gemara will get into birds and question what types of birds yes, what types of birds not, in just a moment or two.
We're talking about the, the newborn, the chicks. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it in due time. But first says the Gemara, Rav Hasta remarks Rav Nachman, it might be. Says Rav Nachman, Rav Hasta, do you realize what you just did? You took your head and you moved it into a pile or a group of great ones. In other words, your statement was a dangerous statement at best. You're going to get knocked out for such a statement. You assumed the rabbi said this statement with regards to fish. You extended and fish with the damned off channel wall. Uh, you extended it to the pardes, to the, to the secured area where the wild animal gave birth. Little do you realize, Rav Hasta, you've got a lot of major questions that you'll have to contend with and P.S. You won't be able to. In other words, we're going to end this with a take, or we're going to end this with a strong question on you. But effectively, says Rav, Has, Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Nachman, Nafal Havrin, our friend, both Rav Hasta and, um, and Rav Nachman were students of Rav. So it's his friend, it's his colleague, they both go to the same class, they're part of the same group. Nafal Havrin, our friend has fallen into Biravrevata. Ravrevata means great ones. He's fallen into the nest, so to speak, of the great ones. He's in trouble. There's going to be strong questions on him. Before we explain those questions, says the Gemara, it's just a different version with regards to who said what. According to this version, Rav Hasta remarks on the words of his rabbi Rav, and Rav Nachman questioned that. The same thing's going to happen, same Rav initially, same Rav Nachman questioning, same statement in the middle, just instead of it being Rav Hasta, it's going to be a different rabbi, a different colleague. That's the only difference in this Ikade Amre. Ikade Amre means Yesh Omrim, just a different version with regards to who said what. Amar Rabba Huna. Instead of Rav Hasta, it was Rabba Huna, as Rashi points out. He's also a student of Rav. Quote, Midivre Rabbeinu Nilmod. It was he, not Rav Hasta, who made this remark. We'll learn from our rabbi, meaning from Rav's statement about the damned off wall of the channel of water and the fish, we'll learn, if there's a wild animal which established its nest and gave birth in a secured area, Rav Nachman reflecting, reacting, not to Rav Hasta, but to the identical statement. Not this time Rav Hasta, but rather Rav Baba Rav Huna. According to this version, Nafal Bar Havrin Revata, our friend has, or the son of our friend, has fallen into uh, the trap of the great ones. Here's the question. Now that we've finished that parenthesis, the different version, it's like a footnote telling you a different version, different rabbi. But here's the question. Hatam laka'avid ma'aseh. Period. Uh, so that's the question. The question, hata means there, hacha means here. Hata means there in the case that either Rav Hasta or Rav Barav Huna brought up. There's no action. What do we mean? There's no loka avid ma'aseh. There was no action. The animal is in the secure pardes area. Have you done anything to it? Have you said anything? Have you done anything with actions? Nothing of the sort. It's true. Had you said, like Charles suggested, this whole area, I have in mind any animals in it, that would be effective. But you haven't said that. You've just woken up in the morning and oh, oh, look at that it nested in the area and gave birth before the holiday maybe you don't have to it's already you already secured your area it's forever it's 
Right, you're, you would, by extension, say anything on your property at any point is never mukseh, no such thing. You need zimun, you need something more purposeful, more pointed. And as a result, his suggestion is hatam means sham. In that case, in Aramaic, the taf flips with the sheen. Sham in that situation of the hayash, the wild animal which gave birth in the secure area. The person hasn't done any action. That's not called hazmana. There's no zimun. There's no designation and preparation. In the case of the damming of the wall, you closed up that wall. That's a ma'aseh. That's an action. That was your zimun. That in and of itself is a strong enough question to knock out Rav Hasar Ababa Rav Huna. But the Gemara continues. It says, furthermore, not only can we logically disprove, knock out such a claim, we can also textually, empirically, suggest that we have a Biraita which directly contradicts that. Again, the claim is that Rav's statement about the fish in the closed off channel is not comparable to the case of the baby which was born in the secure area. One had an action, that's the damned off area, and therefore that's considered zimun, a designation, a preparation. The other, the case that we tried to extend it to, the haya, the wild animal, has no such action. It's not zimun. Why do you expect it to be there? And why don't you expect, you always see fish in here. There's always fish and you expect fish to jump into, to come into here. Fish weren't, the fish you know are here and as a result it's not prepared from before and because of the channel. With regards to the animal, it uh, made a nest over there. You know the nest, so you're right. But ultimately speaking, you didn't do any action. That's the suggestion. You'd have a problem with Mukseh then. You'd have a problem of... The fish is the problem. Right. That's why you have to close it. Right. The other one is there, and you know it's closed off. Right. So maybe that was the Svarav Rav Hasta Rav not to say that it's lower level in that respect. But ultimately, that's, but ultimately speaking, there's not enough intentionality. That's the claim. It can, but the assumption is it won't. It's too small and no, too, no, the mother can leave. The mother can leave, certainly. The mother's not permitted. We're only talking about the child. Says the What's the girl? No, no, you set this up before the hour though. It's nothing. And you didn't even trap it. It was not Mahusar said that. It is trapped. Just by its by by virtue of being there. You did it before him. To not eat it? Yeah. No. 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 I, mean, I don't know about humanitarian or ethical, whatever. No. I was just from page one. Right, on, on yeah, page two. On Daf Bet, when you're dealing with uh, 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 the birth, first and foremost, is on the holiday. And second, right, it's on the holiday. So that's where we had a question, one of four reasons why the Beit Sashin Olda Biyom Tov is problematic. Over here, the birth ostensibly took place before the holiday, first and foremost. Secondly, we said on Daf Bet, even if you hold of a concept called Mukseh, Beit Hilel, Bishimon, nonetheless, as long as it was omedet la the purpose was to eat from it, so then you don't have that problem of mukseh, that it's not mukhan, right? As long as your intention was on the mother to eat from it, so then we say ukhlad de ifrat, whatever came out of it is just separated food. So as a result. Wild animal, technically, is that meant to be eaten? A wild animal is not meant to be 
Versus a behemah. Behemah is domesticated. The only, the only difference that would have is with regards to being mehusar seda or not. In other words, if I'm in a beba, if I'm in a closed, secured area, and it's my uh, cow or something like that, even the mother would be permitted for consumption, we assume, as long as it's a beba katana, as we saw earlier, right? So that's the only reason haya might be significant why you can't eat the mother, potentially. But anyway, says the Gemara, furthermore, second question on Rav Hasda slash Rabba question mark and you don't need hazmana you don't need designation before the holiday don't we have an explicit beraita about the exact same case which means to say whereas Rav Hasta slash are talking about this case unbeknownst to them this case has been discussed hundreds of years before them I walk into the room and I give you a class on a topic you say oh one second I have a source 400 years ago that addresses the same topic, Rabbi, and he writes the opposite. You knocked me out, unless I could really defend myself, especially in Gemara land and world. If you're an emorar of hasta slash rabba you need to be speaking in a way that's consistent with the beraita. This beraita is going to directly contradict. How so? Vahatanya, haya tanya beraita, haya shekinena bepardes. There's our case. If the animal built its nest, gave birth in a secured area, period. You don't even need to read further. We'll read further. But that's it. The Beraita explicitly says, which means to say, you had to have, again, either a verbal or active designation before the holiday in order for that animal to be permitted. What a guy. What a guy. You have to designate before the holiday, one way or another. Either it's the mother for the baby inside of it, you know, back to that conversation. And you can designate the whole mother. I'm going to eat from this mother, which means to say anything that comes from it, is going to be permitted as well. Or alternatively, it's already born beforehand and I designated the baby. That's what you need to do. You need to have some sort of designation. Furthermore, you might recall we talked about this, that's a sparrow. And this is the proof, this and the Gemara earlier are the proofs that sparrows are kosher. An interesting thing. We talked about how in Eastern Europe they had a tradition that uh, every so so amount of time they used to take publicly a sparrow and slaughter it to make clear to the community we hold that these are kosher. Nobody was interested in eating sparrows because sparrows don't have much meat on them. Look at them outside. They're tiny with small bellies. But they would do this in order to keep the tradition and apparently, as legend has it, during World War I, World War II it was very significant when there was scarcity of food sources. They had traditions in their communities we can catch from out on the street the sparrows and eat from them. Kafa Haim Rabbi Yaakov Haim Sofer attests to the fact that in Israel in the early 20th century they were eating from sparrows. But this is the proof from the Gemara. There's a debate. Is it kosher? It's not just explicit in the Gemara. The Gemara talks about Sipor Deror. Anyway, Sipor Deror Sarich Likshor Biknafeha Halef If there's a baby sparrow, which we assume is easier to catch, it's not yet flying, or at least not yet flying properly. What you'd need to do is likshor b'knafeh. You need to tie its wings. 
What's the purpose of tying its wings? To make certain that this is the one on the holiday I remember I designated, and I don't confuse it with its mother. They look the same. The mother is tiny, and so is the baby. And as a result, you need a designation. If you just let it be and say, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, anything that's what, it's not, it's not significant enough. It's in my possession. Not significant enough. You need to do a ma'aseh. You need to do something to it. And you should know, this was a testimony, these halachot, which is traditional all the way up to Shema'ayan Avtalyon. Who were Shema'ayan Avtalyon? Shema'ayan Avtalyon were known as the Gedolei Hador in their generation. They were the rabbis of Hillel Hazakeh. And that's a significant uh, pedigree in and of itself that you were the rabbi of Hillel Hazakeh. Hillel is, is no small fry household name. Anyway, that's Shema'ayan. They were Gerim as well. Anyway, it says the Gemara Tiyufta, period. Not take to And the Gemara says, those are the questions. That's it. Number one, a logical question on the Emora who made the claim that is permitted without anything more. Logically, you didn't do an action. Secondly, textually, the Beraita explicitly says otherwise. That's what we have, and we, as a result, knocked it out. Again, Rav Hastad's remark was, you put your head into these great things, here's the great things. You got knocked out empirically and logically. Says the Gemara onward, but wait a second, all right, we got the halakha, we got, understand. But this Beraita that you just cited to me, Seems a little bit problematic. What's problematic about it? We said logically it makes sense. You need to prepare it. You need to designate it before the holiday. But we have another beraita which seems to contradict that. You're kidding me. So again, just to map this all out for you, we have an emora who said it would be permitted. The wild animal which gives birth, permitted without doing anything. We have explicit evidence against it, and now, we, okay, we threw out the Emoran, we said he's problematic, Tiyufta, strong question on him, That's a, we answered him, we set him in his place, now we say, but we could resuscitate him, maybe a little bit, because we'll have a contradiction from another Beraita, from another one of those earlier sources. What's that Beraita? The Hatanyad. All right, but I don't need the difference right now. But it says Hayashi Kinana. Omaris, what about the other words? What about the other words? Leave the wings aside. Leave the first beraita. Hayashi Kinana Bepardis. That's not a bird. That's the wild animal. You're right. The, the, the bird needs further action. But that's okay. Says the Gemara, the Hatanya, Domi of Beraita, which says, Amar Bishimon ben El Azar, Modim Bet Shamayu Betilel. Again, we've reminded you several times, Bet Shamayu Betilel, Gemara, and Dafyod Aleph, whether you need an action or you need a word. What was the case over there? Al Shehizminan Betoch Hakan, Umatza, Lifne Hakan, Sheasurin. Here was the circumstance. Rava helped us with this on Daf Yodalif, because we had a Mishnah and then we had to interpret it. It was the following. There were two nesting areas. Each one of them had birds. You checked them before the holiday. One of them, you said, oh, I'm interested in eating from these birds on the holiday. The other one, you just let be. That was the case. Have Hang tight. You have two nesting areas. You came before the holiday. Each one of them had birds in it. Got it? One of them, you say, I'm interested in these. I'm going to eat from these on the holiday. So the other one, not interested in. You wake up on the holiday morning and you find all emptied out from the one you weren't interested in. And birds are the same amount that you found beforehand on the perching area in front of the nesting area of the one that you did designate. So again, it's empty in the one that you weren't interested in. The one that you were interested in, internally in the nesting area there's no birds, they're only on the perching area. So we have a suspicion in that case that maybe those birds that are on the perching area came from the one that you didn't designate. 
Oh, that's the case over here. That's what we just saw. Al shehizminan betochakan. You designated them when they were in the nest. And you woke up on the holiday and you found them before it on the perching area. Everyone agrees in such a circumstance that those birds would be pro- prohibited. When is it that a designation is necessary? Here's the critical words with regards to birds. What type of birds need a designation? Which type of birds would we say, if you didn't designate them, we fear or you know that they're going to fly away and it's not really in your possession as opposed to the Charles type of vision. It's in my possession. It's okay. What type of birds? It's in the types of wild birds, doves and the like, which are out in the wild or are on the sides of buildings. Those types of birds are elusive. Those types of birds are mehusar seda. You see a turtle dove out on the street, you don't assume that's an easy catch for me. That needs to be close to you. You need to have some sort of designation. Otherwise, the assumption is it's on my property today, it's off my property tomorrow. Aval. However, avazim, what's that? Ducks, tarnigolim, chicken, vione hardisaot, and homegrown, domesticated um, doves. Says the Beraita explicitly, other types of birds, the ones we just mentioned, and lastly, wild animals, which are build, which have built their nest in a secure area. You heard that? So Charles is not so great after all, right? Says the Beraita explicitly that as long as it nested in the secure area, Shalom al Yisrael, it's kosher, it's not going to be considered mukseh. It's a direct and utter contradiction to the Beraita we had earlier. Again, what's that? What are you talking about? Of course, the mother. The mother is always us, so we're talking about even the baby. What are we talking about? We're talking about doves, this whole white throwing in because we're going to talk about all the permitted uh, animals and fowl and whatever. I, you know, you, you need to be so specific. In your, says the, and lastly, the sipor de ror, and if it's a uh, sparrow, as Mara said to us, the reason that you need an extra action of tying the wings on the sparrow is so that you don't confuse it with the mother, which is not mezuman. Keep in mind, we're now just filling out the primary source. That was the contradiction. That's the line to highlight. That's the line to underline. Hayashi kinenabe pardes is the direct contradiction. Do you need hazmana on it or not? But lastly, now let's just finish the source. Vam kusharim, vam nu'ana'im, baborot, babatim, ubashihin, babemeorot, mutarin, ubailanot, asurin, shemeya alevi itlosh, vam kusharim, vam nu'ana'im, bechomakom asurin, mishum gezel. Okay, we're going to come back to all those words. It's in a moment. Give me a moment because I need to just get to the resolution of the contradiction before we do so. Keep all that on the side. But keep in your mind in the front right now we have a direct contradiction. These words will fill in in a moment. It's kind of like this. I made the statement in the class and then you come in and you say, "Uh, Rabbi, I think I have a source against you. And you start reading a whole page. Now in the middle of the page, that's the contradiction. But you're reading the whole page to me. So that's what just happened in the Gemara. The Gemara is asking a contradiction, but it's citing, it's reading out loud the whole primary source. So we're for a moment skipping the last part of it. We'll come right back to it. But we're focused on the line that's most relevant to us. What's that? Doesn't need zimun or not. We'll come back to all the words in a moment. Says Rav Nachman, there's no contradiction. Why not? The difference over here is between the mother or the baby. 
With regards to the baby, the suggestion is you wouldn't need Zimun. Why don't you need Zimun? Because the baby is born and it's not wild and moving around. And as a result, it's assumed, even without an action, maybe as if it's already not mechusar seda, already not mukse. The mother, which can move around in any way, shape, or form, jump over the fence, that would need some sort of asmana. Says the Gemara, ima bezimun sagila. Says the Gemara, the mother, you think just designating it is sufficient? Indeed, says Nathan, says the Gemara, it's a deer in your backyard. <laughs> this deer is mine for the holiday. Are you kidding me? The deer will jump over the fence in a second. But did they have that of that every single night in Jersey? There are deer in the backyard all the time jumping over a large fence. That doesn't help anything. You need an actual trapping before the holiday. Just designating isn't going to be sufficient. Rather suggested Rav Nachman Bayitzhak both of these beraitot, which talk one about needing zimun designation and the other about not needing zimun designation, are talking about the baby. Uh, why would the baby need and why would the baby not need? And it's a difference between where is this property on which that wild animal has built its nest and gave birth. Is it on a property close to the city? In other words, you went to it before the holiday, you had vision in the literal sense, you were aware of what was going on in it, explains Rashi, and as a result, that's the hazmana. The hazmana is your knowledge that it's there. You don't need anything further than that. You know the baby's in there. That's sufficient. Or alternatively, it's so far from the city, you didn't even know about it. You wake up on Yom Tov and you find, oh yeah, okay, this is mine. Not so fast. That was Naha, that was out of sight, out of mind, quite literally. And in turn, you would need a formal Hazmana, a formal Zimun. So effectively, then the Gemara concludes for us this point of the Hayashikin and Abe Pardes telling us sometimes, indeed, you wouldn't need a Hazmana. Rav Hasta was not as crazy as we believed he was, Rabba Barafuna or, uh, or uh, Rav Hasta. Rav Nachman's question was a valid question, but. It depends on where that baby is born, in what type of circumstances, and what the context is. All right, that's the way we resolve this contradiction. To map out the Gemara, and then should just finish those two, three lines we skipped. So again, so the Gemara began with the statement of Rav. Rav was talking about the fish in the channel, which was dammed off. Those fish are permitted. The student, whoever it was, suggested we can apply this to the wild animal, which gives birth, the baby, uh, before the holiday, as well in the secure area. The question was twofold. Number one, one, it's very different. The channel, you built something. That's considered zimun. The wild animal, you didn't do anything. Number two, we had an explicit beraita which contradicted it. The beraita said, bepardes is not sufficient. It needed hazmana before Yom Tov. That was uh, what we dealt with, and we said tiufta. We had a question. Then the Gemara said, but wait a second. I have a blatant contradiction. The other beraita seems to tell us that bepardes does need hazmana, does not need hazmana. So which one is it? Does the wild animal animal's baby needs some sort of designation before the holiday or not, both Bet Hillel and Bet Shammai agreed that you need to do something to those birds, to the Jeffrey question from the beginning, and in turn you need it by this wild animal. Do you? Do you not? The Gemara suggests there's no contradiction between those Beraitot in its final line. It's a question of where that wild animal is. If it was within sight, if it's close to the city, it's a place that you're familiar with, that's 
mizuman. That's sufficient. Why is it mizuman? Because you know that baby animal is not running away, and you're familiar with it on your property. That's sufficient. If it's far away, even though that's the reality, it's going to be mukzeh. Of course, it's your property. That's uh, okay. Now back to those lines in the middle, just so we fill those lines out and we understand what the uh, Beraita said at the end of it. Let's go to again two lines before they get wide. The last word on the line says "vehamikusharim, vehamenu anaim." What's that referring to? Mikusharim, mikusharim explains Rashi. Biknafehem, simanhu lahem. If you have birds, which uh, you tied the wings. Menu'ana'im, lena'ana'a means to move. So if the case was, again, the bird, you tied its wings, or alternatively, you moved it, in both of those cases, that's an action which is considered zimun, that's your designation. Now, we split even in that circumstance. What do you mean? Wait, I prepared it. I tied its wings. It's prepared. I moved it. It's prepared. Wait a second. If it's biborotu, bibatinu, bashihinu, bame'orot, if it's in a closed off area like a cave, a cavern of some sort, cavernous area of some sort, a, clo- uh, a house, mutarin, in that situation we say those birds which were designated are permitted. Why not? It's not mehusar seda. There's no issue. You did designate it beforehand. Here's the hidush. Uba'ilanot asurim. If it's in the tree, it's asur. Why is it asur if it's in the tree? I designate it's not mukseh. Sheme ya'alevi itlosh. A separate issue. What's that? It's not about the effort. It's not about the effort. It's about the gezerah of the rabbis that you can't be mishtamesh ilanot. You can't use trees because you might climb the tree and break off branches. Breaking off the branch would be a melacha called melechet koser. And the rabbis in turn forbade. And in turn, if balls are not mukseh, for example, and a person's playing with a ball and it goes into the bush, you can't take it out of the bush. Why can't I take it? Provided the bush is pretty high. Not on a tree. Tree, the issue is on a ladder, what's the problem? Why not? The issue, the issue is a treehouse asur on Shabbat or Yom Tov. You're not allowed to climb on trees. You're not allowed to pull things out of trees. That's the statement over here. Lastly, the last statement has nothing to do with Yom Tov. It has to do with stealing someone else's property. What if it's a weekday? And I tied up the wings to designate this as mine, but I left it out in the open. Or alternatively, I was mina'ane, I, I shook it up, and there's some sort of sign that this is my bird. If a person comes along and grabs it, uh, they're stealing from me. But why are they stealing from me? It was out in the open in some way, shape, or form. Explains Rashi, the kesha, when you tied the wings, when you moved it, you did what's called the kinyan hadbaha. You lifted it a little. That's Rashi's suggestion. Tosafot, and the second Tosafot suggests you don't need to go so far, and it might not even be a valid argument. Says Tosafot, by sometimes just looking at it with a very small action, alma, and elsewhere, just by looking at the bird, just by having some sort of presence in its context and actually taking that into account, you can actually make some sort of formal kinyan on it. 
has to be assigned. So. Correct, because it's belonged to someone else, nothing to do with Yom Tov per se. So to summarize then the Gemara, the Gemara then had that Beraita, we filled out its lines, but the larger map of the Gemara, I think we made clear earlier, it was really a Gemara about Hayash Pardes, whether the Valad is Mutar without Zimun or not, and we ultimately speaking said that depends on where the Pardes is, if it's a Ginah Simuchalair or not. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen. 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 Amen.